We are Maria and Nicole. We're two secular homeschooling moms that have been been there, done that. If you're homeschooling a high schooler, you already know that navigating the intricate balance between academics, extracurricular, and personal life can be tricky. Add in college applications, part-time jobs, and social opportunities, and it's no wonder that some of our teens can feel overwhelmed and anxious about their future. With a focus on time management, organization, stress management, and study skills, we will explore some strategies and tools in today's episode to aid in your student's quest for academic success while maintaining a healthy lifestyle in the realm of homeschooling. And this is the 12th episode in our high school series. We decided in early 2023 that we were going to make an entire series. The first one is about making your four-year plan. We talked about core subjects, electives, counting credits, all the documentation you're going to need for high school, transcripts, resumes, counselor letters. We talked about dual enrollment, AP courses, CLEP courses, and all those advanced exams the entrance exams to college we talked about SAT ACT right we talked about applying to college finding scholarships we talked about extracurriculars and volunteering and then we also got into um, social things relationships first jobs making money entrepreneurship we talked about driving, independent skills, how to get your driver's license. Yep. We also talked about online safety, technology, social media, uh, gaming. Yep. And, and today we're going to talk about study skills and organization. Excited to get into this. So hopefully you found this whole series really helpful. Let's move forward. Yeah. And as usual, we want to stress that our podcast is an inclusive space for your everyday parents that are looking for education options. We are not here to convince you to homeschool. Uh, We want to stress that you need to do what works for your child and for your family. Every family is different. Absolutely. And you know your children best. So uh, feel free to take what advice or information you get from here that works for you and chuck the rest. Good morning, Nicole. Good morning, Maria. How's it going? It's going great. It's another early morning. It is. It was the only time we could fit in. (laughs) (laughs) I know, because we have a lot going on, and our high schoolers have a lot going on. We just finished finals. Finished the semester, at least at Dallas College. We still have another week of Dr. Reed and some other stuff. Yeah, it's holiday season. Yeah, these kids have a lot going on, not just us, but they have a lot going on, too. There's a lot of pressures during these finals. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, really had to pull it together. Jillian had like a PowerPoint presentation she had to do for one class. Uh, She's got to write a paper for physics. I'm always like, what what are we writing a paper about (laughs) for physics? The philosophy final was really fun. Cameron went into his professor. Everybody had to schedule a time to go into the professor, and they just did a banter on one of these philosophers that they chose, and they just had like a little dialogue. It was really fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she had a good semester. She this was her first semester at Dallas College, and she took three classes, and she got A's in all of them. Oh, she did. That's awesome. We're still waiting on two grades, but he got a hundred percent on his English comp. At oh the my college. gosh, nice! So they ended up dropping a couple grades, but those were hundreds too. That's I was fabulous. So proud of them. Yeah, they did a great job. Yeah, I'm super proud of them. But even though they performed well, high school can be really stressful. 
and understanding how to manage the stress is a really important skill that we need to teach our teenagers for their high school years and throughout their entire life. And you know, stress is normal. With all that your high schooler is likely to have on their plate, classes, assignments, college applications, extracurriculars, social life, and more, it's normal that they're going to experience stress from time to time. And homeschoolers often experience less stress than students in traditional schools because they have more time available to them, more flexibility, and they're less likely to compare themselves to others. But they probably still feel a lot of these same pressures. Yeah, I think it's hard to get away from stress. So how can our high schoolers deal with stress? Let's talk about some ideas for high school students to deal with this. Number one would be that they could keep a journal. We talk about journaling a lot for various parts of school. You know, there it's a great English assignment, but it's also just a great thing for introspective thinking. Yeah, and it really helps me even as a grown-up to kind of gather my thoughts. So yeah. It's a great tool. Another thing we talk a lot about is getting plenty of exercise. You want to eat healthy, regular meals. I know a lot of times these kids will skip meals and then double up on the next meal. That's not Mm -hmm. a really great way to keep your blood sugar level and keep your mood and keep you really productive. Also, drinking plenty of water. I know we talk about that. It's one of those common things, but it's really that important to keep your body moving. You want to make sure that you get enough sleep. I know me with menopause, sometimes that's a little bit of a challenge, but you know. But our teenagers need lots of sleep. A lot. A lot. Meditating, deep breathing, mindfulness, monitoring self-talk. Those are ways that you can curb stress. Another way that's really effective is if they channel their energy into more productive things like sports, creative pursuits. We talk a lot about music, art, theater. These are great avenues for kids to reduce their stress levels. Absolutely. A lot of times it's because they're around friends and that's another way to reduce stress is forming meaningful relationships and friendships can help reduce stress. Reaching out to family members who might help you cope in a positive way. That's also a great way to reduce stress. Right. And also keeping away from some of those negative relationships. We talked before on our teen healthy relationships episode that we talked about how important it is to notice red flags and stay away from those relationships and limit them. Oh, absolutely, because they can be draining. Right. Yeah. Also, staying organized. I know this helps me every day. When I get up and I organize my day, teaching your teenager to create these routines can be really helpful for them. We're going to be talking more about this today. So that's just one little (laughs) introduction to that part. Yep. Also, limiting excess caffeine in soft drinks or coffee. We tend to drink coffee all day long. I'm saying that as I'm gulping down my coffee. I know. Well, (laughs) we're not talking about this for us. (laughs) (laughs) While limiting them, you need to increase your own. (laughs) But no, you know, it's easy to just grab, especially once the teens start driving and stuff on their own. Like it's not always what it's in your kitchen, you know, right? They're, They're able to stop at a gas station and grab this or stop at Starbucks or, you know, make multiple runs and So you got to sometimes limit it. It can get you all hyped up and add to stress levels. Absolutely. Another thing that it's so important, I know a lot of people get really academic focused, but it's so important to carve out time to do fun things in every single day. You know, even if it's just like a little bit of respite to like my son is a musician. I talk about that all the time, but he loves 
loves to just go in his room and play his guitar. It's one of his go-tos for stress relief. Also, just head into the gym. But, you know, make time to do these fun things, whether it's by yourself, solo, or with friends every day. Spend time relaxing, whether you read a book, favorite TV show. So these are really important parts of your teenager's life. So make them a part of your everyday and teach them how to do that. Right. With so many big life decisions looming ahead, getting through high school happy and whole can definitely feel challenging at times. So it's easy to see why so many high school students just feel stressed out. Yeah. And the good news is that there are solutions. So it's important to adopt some of the strategies that we've just talked about. Take a deep breath and remind them that this time in their life is not forever. It's not. It's just a moment. So just a reminder that this is a weekly episode. We drop one every Thursday morning just for you. And if you have any additional ideas or comments, please come and comment on our Facebook page on the episode thread or send us an email at info at btdthomeschool.com. We'd really love to hear from you. So sometimes a big source of stress can actually be due to a lack of time management. Um, I know this well. I am a lifelong organized procrastinator. I work best under pressure. But every time I get through yet another project this way, I vow that I'm not going to do it again next time. You do. But yeah, that's so true. Mastering time management is an essential skill that not only cultivates discipline, but it can really help your teen maximize study time more efficiently. But establishing structured routines, setting those clear goals and teaching the value of efficient scheduling, you can empower them to take ownership of their education while also allowing for like a healthy balance between their academic pursuits and their personal growth. Right. Parental involvement in homeschooling time management is not a solitary endeavor. It entails open communication and active listening, and you really need to have a keen awareness of your high schooler's individual progress. Yeah, and you need to keep in mind that some of these kids are going to mature and be independent quicker than others by consistently assessing their growth and helping them to adapt the schedule and approach. You're going to be helping to teach them self-awareness and how to manage their own stress. Right. So how do you help your teen manage their time wisely? Well, here's some time management tools and techniques that can set your high schooler up for success. Number one is using a homeschool planner. Using a dedicated planner or a digital app, there's a million of them out there, to organize lessons, assignments, and activities. This is going to help them stay on top of their responsibilities and ensure that they have plenty of downtime and time with their friends. We use Google Keep. I've talked about a lot. My older daughter introduced that to our house and got Jillian doing that. And that's one of the first things she does with her Dallas college classes. She goes online and she plugs in all of her assignments and everything for the year. And then she can make her schedule backwards from there. And it's beautiful. Nice. Another thing I've talked a lot about is time blocking. I think that this was made famous by Elon Musk. There's a lot of TikToks about it. And time blocking is a simple yet a really effective way you can teach your teen to take control of their time. They can implement a time blocking strategy where they allocate specific blocks of time for different subjects. And this can prevent overloading on a single subject to ensure that they have balance. This is not only a good tool for your kids, this is a strategy that I've adopted and it really helps me get a lot accomplished in a day. And time blocking asks you, it 
asks you to divide your day into blocks of time. And each block is dedicated to accomplishing a specific task or a group of tasks and only those specific tasks. And instead of keeping an open-ended to-do list that you're just like kind of chipping away at things as you get to them, you can start each day with a concrete schedule outlining what you're going to work on and when. That sounds nice. Yeah, and the key to this method is to just really prioritize your task list in advance. And the free resource that I created this week is a time blocking template and your high schooler can use this as they plan out their day. This method really does add hours to your day. It's so effective and I use it all the time. There's also an app that I can link in the show notes that I've used because I can kind of move things around if something, you know, shifts my day. But yeah, you can download that for free. The template is really awesome. You can just hand it to your child and then they can hand it back to you. So go over the yeah. goals of the day. So that sounds really awesome. Yeah. Maybe maybe that will help my organized procrastination. <laughs> we'll see. Um, another thing that you can help your teen to do is set realistic goals. Um, the keyword is realistic. <laughs> we talk a lot about goal setting. Help rein them in. Teach them to set achievable goals for each day or week. And it's an essential skill to learn how to break down larger objectives into smaller, manageable tasks. It takes a long time to learn that. It's not natural. So, um, and this can prevent them from feeling overwhelmed. And it provides a sense of accomplishment as tasks are completed and they're checking those things off. Right. And on some of those heavier subjects, some of them are long term semester long assignments. Right. And so they need to be able to know that you're not going to be able to accomplish this the night before. Exactly. You have to do that. The next thing on the list is weekly planning. Set aside time daily and each week to check in and go over assessments and progress. This is going to help them maintain a clear overview of what needs to be covered. And like we said earlier, be sure to include extracurricular and fun with friends outside of academics. These are really important too. Yeah, and it is important to like check in with your kids. I saw a couple posts this week as semesters are wrapping up for people where some high school moms are like, oh, I just found out my kid is failing this class that they're taking. How is that possible? Well, I'm like, how do you not, how how do you, are you just now, there's nothing you can do about it at this time. You're past the withdrawal date. You know, you had all this other time to figure out how to help them. So yeah, check in with your kids. Don't just leave them, you know, to do this on their own because some of them don't have those skills yet. This is why we're talking about, this is our job as a homeschool parent is to help our kids do this. Right. And we talked about this in one of our other high school episodes about dual enrollment, but but if your children are taking any college level courses, these are on their permanent records. Permanent. So it's essential that if they fail a class, they're trying to make that up and get their GPA up like later on post-graduation is going to be excruciating and really hard for them. So right. set them up for success. So stay on top of it. This is this is our job. We're, yeah. we're managing this situation. You can so. start out too hard to sitting right next to them, you know, in the beginning and then kind of step back as time goes on. But you need to be there with them and checking on them. Flexible routine teach them to adopt a flexible routine rather than a rigid schedule. Rigid schedules sometimes set us up for failure. More than likely, you've been doing this all along, but you know that's just another one of those things that is not necessarily self-taught. This is going to teach them to accommodate variations in assignments and unexpected events. And this may seem like a little bit of a contradiction of what we're talking, like set up your daily goal, but it's not like you're completely rigid that you, you know things are going to happen. So it's 
important to have a framework, have your day tasks ahead of you, but also have the mindset that things will change, things right. will shift, and to be flexible with those shifts. Yeah, you know, I tend to be an all or nothing person. I've talked about this before, where sometimes if I can't get my workout in on Monday, I'm like, well, <laughs> I bagged the week. <laughs> so... That's what happens when you set a super strict schedule and then something happens and it throws you off. So don't do that. Make sure you have room for flexibility and adaptability in there. Those are our words that we put in every episode. (laughs) Um, Another thing to do is to prioritize those tasks then too. So learn to differentiate between urgent and important. This skill helps in managing workload efficiently and reduces stress. Right. And like Nicole mentioned earlier, your involvement is going to play a vital role in helping them learn these skills. And you can address their individual strengths and challenges and their interests and this is going to promote a deeper understanding of what they're studying and the subjects and also encourage a lifelong love of learning you know we love to say that we love to say that lifelong love of learning (laughs) a lifelong love of learning And after you finish listening to this episode, be sure to visit our website. We're going to write up all of the show notes and have links to everything that we're talking about. So it's just really easy for you to access and reference. Every week, I like to create free resources that complement that episode. So be sure to sign up to our newsletter so you don't miss any of that exclusive content. If you're on Facebook or Instagram, we would love it if you went out there and gave us a thumbs up or even comment on the episode thread. So what about things like study skills, note taking, organization and other executive function skills? Well, as your child enters into the high school years, they also need to add effective study skills and habits. And they must master skills like reading for content and not just pleasure and note taking, researching skills, finding knowledgeable mentors, communicating with others to find out what they need to know, honing those memorization techniques. We probably had a lot of that already in your homeschool, practicing computer skills identifying and utilizing helpful online resources. A lot of these skills are really important. So we're going to talk about some study skills that can kind of help hone in some of these. Right. And homeschool high schoolers have a unique opportunity to learn some of these skills to suit their individual learning styles and schedules. Uh, There are a lot of effective strategies out there that high school students can cultivate to create good study skills and become more organized. Create a designated study space. Establishing a dedicated area for studying helps maintain focus and organization. Ensure it's free from distractions and equipped with necessary materials. Now, I always do say that homeschoolers don't need to necessarily like be at a desk, sitting up straight, blah, blah, blah. We often homeschooled on the couch or in our bed. But sometimes when you get to this age, you really do need a space. In fact, my daughter asked for a desk for Christmas two years ago. And I was like, oh, a desk. Sure. And so she created her own little study nook. And it's lovely. Yeah, it can really help to keep you focused and not have all those distractions. Right. And one thing we already touched on is developing a schedule. Design a timetable that includes study sessions for various subjects. You want to incorporate breaks and extracurricular activities. A structured routine will aid in time management and that consistency that we're looking for as their academics get more and more rigorous. Yeah. Encourage the use of checklists. I love checklists. Me too. (laughs) I'm a big checklist person. Using checklists for daily or weekly tasks can help your teen visualize what needs to be done and experience the satisfaction of checking items off a list as they complete them. I don't know why that's so awesome. It is. Like sometimes I write, make checklist. Check. 
<laughs> well, sometimes <laughs> I've already done a bunch of things like in the morning before right. I make my checklist, but then I'll add them to my checklist uh, just so I can check them off. Yeah, we it's love so it. Stupid. We love it. And there's apps for that too. There's so many checklist apps out there. Like if you need something digital, I mean, there's a million ways to do this. Yeah, I, I'm using are. my gel pens every week to make my fancy checklist. Love you, that. Do it however you want. You also want to break tasks into smaller steps. And we touched on this earlier. There's a little bit of repeat on some of these items because there is, it kind of crosses over between stress management and study skills because learning these study skills will help you manage your stress. Right. It all goes hand in hand. It does. So you want to teach your teen to break down larger tasks or projects into smaller manageable steps. And this method helps in avoiding that overwhelming feeling and it really encourages them to make steady progress. Yeah. Jillian had a class this semester that had like a big paper due kind of in the middle of it and when she was making her schedule at the beginning of the year she was like "Ugh, I hate this paper that I have to write in several weeks and I was like well wh- like why why are we stressing about it I'm like why don't we do a little bit of it every week there's no reason you need to wait to the last minute to like churn this thing out let's make an outline right away then the next week why don't you just add all of your research in there I said the third week you can come back to it with fresh eyes and start divvying it out into you know pieces and then by the time the week of the paper is due all you're doing is really fine-tuning it and going through it absolutely and and so we did it and it ended up being like the easiest project ever why don't we do this all the time (laughs) I like that yeah why don't I do that for me Also, utilize various learning methods. Experiment with different study techniques, such as mind mapping, summarizing, flashcards, teaching concepts as someone else. Find out what works best for individual comprehension. And this is also something that we talk about often, that something that works for you might not be what works for your kid. Right. And one of the big finals that Cameron had this semester is there was a lot of vocabulary. And he actually knew, I was really surprised, he knew a lot of the words, but a lot of them were just so foreign to him and he just couldn't grasp them. And I'm like, okay. So we did the flashcard technique. We're we're going to write the word on one side of the flashcard and the definition on the other. And we just went through them. I just helped him go through them and he aced the exam. It was awesome. awesome. Yeah. But yeah, you really want them to kind of find their method for how they're going to learn things best. And it might not be the way that you do it. Right. And he never thought about that. And I've never taught him this method. So now he knows it. That's awesome. You want to practice active learning, engage in discussions, take notes, ask questions, and participate in activities related to the subject matter. Active involvement enhances understanding and retention. I'm always really surprised in Cameron's classes at the college that he's often the only one that's interacting with a professor. A lot of the students just sit there and they're not part of the discussion. And when you're on the cusp of a grade, let me tell you, your professor is going to remember you and he's going to bump you up. If you're between a B and a C and he sees that you're one of the active ones in the class, he's going to bump you. Yeah, no, it's that is amazing too. I don't know if that's like a holdover from coming out of the public school system or maybe they're shaming in a classroom environment when they speak up kind of thing. Or just even like a teacher that teaches at them rather than like encouraging discussion because there's it seems to be a lot of discussion in the college classes oh yeah yeah. my kids do too and like even when they have the assignment where they've got to answer a discussion board question and they're supposed to the teacher will always be like you have to answer two of them Jillian will answer like five of them because she thinks they're fun yeah and well and a lot of these kids that are coming out of the public school environment they're taught to be lectured 
too. Right. And not interact, not a Socrataic kind of discussion, classroom discussion. And that's all Cameron knows. He doesn't know to just sit there and be quiet. Sit there and listen. (laughs) Yeah. They might be a little bit annoying. I don't know. They probably are (laughs) annoying. Uh, Too funny. So take regular breaks. Incorporate short breaks during study sessions to prevent burnout, to maintain focus. Breaks can re-energize and improve productivity. Sure can. You also want to have a really nice space for them to work in. Assist your teen in decluttering their space regularly. Encourage them to get rid of unnecessary items and organize their things in their room or wherever their desk is to make the environment a positive place to be in and to work in. Yeah, having all your stuff easily accessible, it's very nice. Model and encourage organization yourself. Set an example by staying organized and showing your teen how you manage your schedule, maintain a clean environment, and handle responsibilities. That's true. (laughs) Modeling is so important. Yeah, and that's going to be harder for some of us than others. So (laughs) just, you know, you can use it as an excuse to get your act in gear as well. You also want to provide guidance, not control. Offer guidance and support rather than micromanaging your teen's organizational efforts. Um, Encourage independence by allowing them to make their own decisions and learn from mistakes. You also want to develop effective note-taking techniques. This is really important, especially if they're going into a four-year university. Find a method that suits them and their learning style, whether it be Cornell notes or bullet points or visual diagrams. Good notes aid in better understanding and when they're revising those notes, they need to be able to understand them. So they need to be the ones that are taking them on the way that their brain works. Right. And and now note taking is a big question that I see come up often on high school forums too. And it's almost like none of us can actually remember or picture how to teach this skill or how we did it or how it works outside of a classroom. So I ended up doing a bit of a deep dive on some different note taking techniques and I thought we could share some popular methods because I found it really interesting. I didn't even know there were all of these different ways to do this. Yeah, whenever it came time for me to teach my kids, we actually YouTubed it. Oh, really? (laughs) Oh, gosh, that's smart. There's some really great videos out there on people teaching. I'm visual, so I have to be able to see. I'm like, well, how how exactly do I do this? Right. Well, and I know a lot of people will be like, oh, you got to take notes on this. And then the kids are like, well, what does that mean? And they're like, oh, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. So here's some methods. The first one is the SQ3R method, and that is an acronym for Survey, Question, Read, Recite, and Review, and it involves a comprehensive approach to studying a text, starting with a survey of the material, formulating the questions, reading actively, reciting or summarizing key points, and then finally reviewing the material. Yeah, but then the next method is the Cornell method, which we just mentioned. This method involves dividing the paper into sections, and you'll have a section for notes and a section for cues or questions related to the notes, and then a summary section at the bottom. It encourages active engagement and summarization of key points. The next one, Nicole mentioned this earlier in the episode, is outlining method. Structuring notes using bullet points or numbering, it involves organizing information into main topics and subtopics and then details. This method emphasizes the relationship between different ideas. I really like this one. I know. This is kind of how I do it naturally without knowing that it actually had a name to it. So... Uh, Mind mapping. Uh, This is where you utilize visual diagrams to represent concepts and their relationships. And it starts with like a central idea or topic, and then it branches out into related subtopics, and it creates a visual representation of connections. You can usually find a lot of worksheets for that kind of thing. One of my kids like hated. They were like, do not get out those bubble 
worksheet <laughs> things. I'm not going to do it. There's also charting or tabular method and organizing information into tables or charts with columns and rows. It's useful for comparing and contrasting different elements or presenting data in a really clear format. Yeah. The sentence method, this is probably one of the most popular, is just writing down key points or phrases in complete sentences. And that involves summarizing information in a coherent narrative format, making it easier to follow when reviewing. Um, This is where we kind of would take what we read in the book and like change it into our own words and kind of write it out because sometimes it's easier to read it back when you're studying than in the way that you interpret it. Right. There's also flow method, and this method involves kind of just jotting down notes in a continuous flow without much structure. It's useful during lectures or when information is presented rapidly. Later, these notes can be organized into a more structured format. This is probably what your child would be going to without any teaching on how to take notes. This is what a lot of people do when they have no formal education on kind of how to structure their notes. So right. And remember, we talked in another high school episode, which I think this is so clever and kind of cool technologically speaking is that um, a lot of the kids will do a shared Google document in a class. Yeah, where they'll all pour their notes from a lecture like into one document. And that's kind of what they do here. They're all just throwing, you know, flow method, putting it all down without structure. And then you can go back and like reorganize it yourself. And that helps you study right there. That's brilliant. I, I think it's so cool. The other one is the Feynman technique. This is explaining complex ideas in simple terms as if you're teaching it to someone else. So it involves identifying gaps in understanding and revisiting complex concepts until they can be explained in straightforward language. I I like that, thinking about like, okay, let me read this, and then how would I teach it to somebody else? Right. Well, and they say that that's the best way to learn something is to teach it. Yeah. This is why I always have my oldest children teach like the youngest yeah. because it it not only helps the younger learn a new concept but it helps the older one understand like, it solidify so that in their you mind don't, you may want to think about doing exactly that. the next one would be the charting method and this is about creating columns and rows to organize information it often uses headers and bullet points it's useful for comparing and contrasting different elements or categorizing information yeah. there was one that we talked about a few minutes ago that's really similar to yeah this. yeah they're, they just have different names annotation and highlighting this is what my middle daughter loves to do underlining highlighting or annotating text in books or articles with personal comments or key points this method helps in quickly identifying important information for later review this is why I love buying used books. There's yeah. several books that I bought where like somebody or somebody already annotated yeah. it and like it was really funny for like a history book that we had that was not a great history book, but I was using it with other sources. But like some lady in the comments was like, uh, that's not what really happened. <laughs> Yeah, our kids did an awesome study skills camp with a fellow homeschool mom that taught several of these techniques. And choosing the most suitable note-taking technique depends on personal preferences and the nature of the information that's being recorded and also the content in which the notes will be used. So experiment with different methods and that can help your children find the one that best fits their learning style, enhances their understanding and how they retain all the information. Yeah, I loved finding all that information out on note-taking because I really didn't remember it or maybe I didn't even know it. So maybe I can even find a way out of my 
my procrastination habit. (laughs) (laughs) But ultimately, you guys, by actively supporting and guiding your teen through all of these above strategies, you can help them develop strong organizational skills. They're really going to serve them well in academics and throughout the rest of their lives. These are ultimate life skills. They're going to need this in their jobs and everything else. And well... I mean, that wraps up all 12 parts of our high school series. Oh, my gosh. I cannot believe that. We did a year of high school. A whole year of high school. ton of information out there. So much information from dual enrollment to advanced courses to time management to to driving. Dating, internet safety. Yeah, we covered a lot. We covered a lot for those high school years. So hopefully that this has been a help to you. I'm going to take everything. I'm going to bundle it up into a package that somebody can download. I don't know exactly when I'll get to that. We have the (laughs) holidays ahead of us. And actually today we're celebrating my daughter's 20th birthday. Happy birthday, She's Riley. home from college. And yeah, so it's so nice to have her home. So yeah. I am excited about getting this available to all of our listeners. I right. know people have been looking forward to this whole thing. So, And hopefully we've helped you. I mean, high school is overwhelming for a lot of people. They can't think about how to start homeschooling that, how to continue it. But it's not hard. No. You can do it. You can do it. Anybody believe can in do you. this. If I can do this, you can do this. I'm yes. a single mom doing this. Nicole, your husband travels a lot. We're both yep. kind of solo in this operation and we've yeah. done it. You've graduated too. And one of them has already graduated from Colorado State yeah. University. He's working a real job now. It's awesome. <laughs> All of our kids graduated with their associate's degrees also. And now yep. our young ones that are still in high school are now on their way to follow in their siblings' footsteps. Yeah. It's so. been great. So you can do this. You can. We believe in you. (laughs) So tune in to our episode next week. We're going to kick off the new year with our favorite board games. Yay! Love board games during the time with the family. Exactly. See you next time. See you next time. Cheers! Be sure to check us out on our website at btdthomeschool.com. As in, been there, done that, btdthomeschool.com. You can join our mailing list and get news and updates on future podcasts. And be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at the BTDT Been There, Done That Homeschool Podcast.